Welcome back to TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This is Sports Talk Saturday with Matt DeLong. However, Matt DeLong is not here today. Just had to take some time off, had some personal things go on, so Matt is not here today. However, that is not going to stop us from doing this show. You obviously know that. Matt will be back here soon. We are not going to have a very long episode today. This is going to be a short, cut, good episode. You know, we're going to go through some of the things that happened last week, and we're just going to talk about them. And we're going to talk about college football, and we're going to talk about the NFL. We'll talk about some highlight games last week and highlight games this week going to happen. All right, so for college football, West Virginia obviously played Texas Tech. Like this Nico Markell. Nico Markell is is really going to be a talented player at West Virginia. I think he's got a lot of potential. I know he threw two picks. Still, we haven't seen him throw the ball a whole bunch, but he's obviously got the talent, and he just needs more time, needs more time out there on the field. So West Virginia gets a win 2013 over Texas Tech. Good win for the Mountaineers. Alabama versus Ole Miss highlight game last week. Alabama, I said on the show last week, would take care of business. I didn't think they were going to lose again. And Jalen Milrow, 17-21, 225 yards, one touchdown and one pick. I think Alabama is going to be okay, and they took care of business, winning 24-10. So good for Alabama and Roll Tide. Florida State and Clemson, we talked about this game last week. I said it's a potential big-time game. Need to watch. Florida State hadn't beaten Clemson in seven years, and to go into Clemson's house and beat them in overtime in a very competitive game. Jordan Travis, 21-37 for 289 yards and two touchdowns. Johnny Wilson, five receptions for 94 yards. Keon Coleman, I said he would have to be a big-time player in this game. Five receptions for 86 yards and two touchdowns. And he was the guy who scored the final touchdown to win the game for Florida State. Clemson, always going to be known as a dominant team. They've been a dominant team the last 10 years. They're going to get better in the future. Cabe Klubnick, 25-38, 283 yards and one touchdown. If you actually watch the game, Clemson looked very good. Shipley, that guy is special for them. He made a bunch of moves for them over the weekend. So, good win for Florida State. I think Florida State's the ba- the best team in the ACC. We're going to find out here more in a couple weeks. We'll see what UNC is going to keep doing. We're going to see what Miami is coming with. So, good win for Florida State to finally beat Clemson after seven years and good thing for this program. All right, we'll talk about so Utah, UCLA. We kind of highlighted a little bit. We didn't really talk about it. Utah took care of business, beat them 14 to 7. Utah's got a really, really good defense, and I don't think their offense is really that great. Their defense is just really, really good, and I think that's what gives them advantages over most teams. So, for Utah, UCLA, you know, Utah's going to be in the discussion just because of their defense, but I don't think they're going to be going anywhere. I think there's too many talented teams in the Pac-12, and their defense will be exposed at one point or another. For the Colorado and Oregon game, now we did talk about this. I talked about this a lot. I said how I'm going to pick Colorado win, go Buffaloes, and stuff like that, and I still believe that. I think they were hurting without Travis Hunter last week. We all knew how good Oregon was. Lanning, Coach Lanning for Oregon, He's a special coach. We heard the story, you know, he was talking about before the game, if you watched his speech, he was like, we're going out here to get wins. They're coming out for clicks. You know what I mean? This is their Cinderella story. We're going to put an end to it right now. And sure enough, they did. They came out dominant. Bo Nix, 28-33, 276 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Bo Nix, I mean, was, he was almost perfect. 
listen, he played a great game. Bo Nix, he came back to win. He came back to prove something to the world that he's really good. He's come a long way from that boy that was at Auburn that, you know, I didn't think could play any football at all and didn't I really didn't think he had a chance. He had he was a good recruit coming out of high school and he was just horrible at Auburn. So to see him be successful here out at Oregon is a great thing for Colorado. Their offensive line, defensive line, we knew that they weren't very good. Their skill positions were good. Not having Travis Hunter, I believe, hurt them. They really needed Travis Hunter last week. They got a big-time game this week, which we will talk about here in just a few minutes. But good job, Oregon, you know, getting that win. This is what he came back for, and this is what he's here for. So good job, Bo Nix. That's what we needed to see. Washington State, Oregon State, kind of like the two underlying teams of the Pac-12, you know, they're both good teams. They're both surprising teams. And this game went all the way down to the wire. Washington State winning 38-35. to Everybody needs to pay attention to this Cameron Ward. I, I know he hasn't been in the conversation, and we haven't talked about him in the Pac-12. This guy has thrown almost 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, zero interception, and has a QBR of 86. This guy is playing some magnificent ball for Washington State. He threw 404 yards and four touchdowns against Oregon State last weekend. Now, their defense isn't prime time, but Cameron Ward is somebody who I think is going to be in the Heisman watch here very, very soon. Like, he's got to beat a couple teams. If he plays Oregon and they play competitively, then that's going to be fun to watch. And if he, when he plays Michael Penix Jr. at the end of the season, we're going to see what he's really made of because if he can put up a great battle against Michael Penix Jr., I'm telling you, that's a conversation to be had right there. Cameron Ward might be in the Heisman Trophy. He might he might be in this conversation, so excited to see them. Ohio State, Notre Dame, that's another big one. Sam Hartman obviously was the better quarterback between him and Kyle McCord that night. And I know Kyle McCord threw 240 yards, but listen, Kyle McCord is stacked around a very stacked team. Henderson, the running back, 14 carries, 104 yards and one touchdown. Abuka had seven receptions for 96 yards. Marvin Harrison Jr., he got hurt in the game. He only had three receptions, but this is what this talented Ohio State offense can do. You know, I think everybody else is so talented around Kyle McCord, it just makes him look good. Sam Hartman, though, he was 17-25 to for 175 yards. Ohio State's defense is real. They're always real, and to keep it this competitive and to come all the way down to the wire like that in Ohio State to win – Devastating for Notre Dame, but Notre Dame definitely put up a fight. I picked them last weekend, and I would have stood, still stood by that pick because I liked what I see out of this team, and I think Notre Dame is going to be back in the conversation for the top four in the playoffs this year. You'll see them again very, very soon, but Ohio State, good win. Obviously, the Buckeyes always come into play at the end of the day. And those are our highlight games from last week's of college football. We're going into week five. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, big week. And we got a lot of very fun games. West Virginia is going to take on TCU. Now, TCU is favored in this game, 77.6% to beat the West Virginia Mountaineers. On offense, they put up 501 total yards in a game compared to the Mountaineers, 348. They They also have a worse defense than the Mountaineers, though. TCU allows 377 yards to West Virginia's 311. And yards rushing and passing for for TCU's 501. They have 292 yards passing per game and 200 yards rushing per game, which is really incredible. So TCU's going to come in here. They're going to play competitive. Morris on the season, 98 98 of 142, 1,121 yards, 
nine touchdowns and three picks. I'm not too sure he's going to play this weekend. I'm assuming it's going to be Garrett Green because it's a big-time matchup, and beating TCU would be pretty special. But I really would like to see Nico play. I mean, that's just my personal preference. I know everybody likes Garrett Green because he's got the experience and he knows what he's doing, but I think Nico has the, all the potential in the world to be that starter. So I like Nico. Uh, prediction of this game, I want the Mountaineers to win, obviously, but probably TCU. TCU's offense is way more talented. And at the end of the day, they can score a lot of points, unlike the Mountaineers. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it's going to be a more competitive game. That'll be at 8 o'clock on ESPN2 on Saturday night. TCU is also favored 13.5, by the way. Another interesting game, not a big ranked game, though, is this Florida-Kentucky game. Always an interesting game every single year. Kentucky is favored in this game. They are 4-0 on the season. Kentucky's been been playing some ball now. They played Vanderbilt, Akron, Eastern Kentucky, and Ball State, so they've had a pretty easy schedule up to this point, and they're getting ready to go into their rough part of their schedule. They're going to have to play Florida. Then they'll play Georgia, Missouri, and Tennessee. Florida, Florida is a team that is... I don't know. They haven't been the same since Urban Meyer left. You know, they played Utah in week one, and I thought it would be a really competitive game, and Utah beat them 24-11. Then they played a small school in McNeese and won 49-7. However, they did play Tennessee, and I picked Tennessee to play, to win in that game. But, you know, Trevor Etienne is the brother of Travis Etienne, who is playing on the... Jacksonville Jaguars, and Trevor Etienne's the younger brother, 23 carries, 172 yards, and one touchdown in that game. Their running game is really effective for them, so if they can keep that up against Kentucky, they might be able to win, but I'm going to go with Kentucky. I personally like this team. I always like Kentucky's defense, and, you know, I like the Wildcats over the Gators. I always have. I've picked them every time, so I'm going with that matchup. South Carolina versus Tennessee. Could be an interesting matchup. Obviously, we just talked about Tennessee losing to Florida. And Spencer Rattler is way, way better, way, way better than Graham Mertz out of Florida. So I think if South Carolina's offensive line can hold up a little bit, that they could make this a really, really competitive game. Spencer Rattler is, 90, is 95 of 128 for 1,242 yards, seven touchdowns, and two interceptions. I said to be the season, he's got to play better this year, and he has. He's played really, really well. Now losing to North Carolina, that was disappointing. They beat Furman. They were leading in the first half against Georgia, but it just collapsed. They collapsed at the end of the day, and that's okay. I mean, Georgia's number one team in the country, so nobody expected South Carolina to win, but to see them play competitively was nice, and they won last week against Mississippi State, beating 37-30. to Mississippi State was not really that bad of a team. I know that they're not ranked or anything. That doesn't make a difference. They're still competitive, and I think this will be a good challenge for South Carolina. Let's see what they're made of. I'm going with Gamecocks over the Volunteers. Uh, USC and Colorado highlight this is probably one of the biggest games of the week. We talked about this last week, how this is a big-time potential matchup. Obviously, Colorado is now out of the rankings because they lost to Oregon. I think... I'm not too sure exactly how I feel about this game. I mean, Caleb Williams has been a stud this season, and you know, the, obviously the Heisman Trophy winner last year, 75 of 101 for 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, no picks at all. Shadir Sanders only has one pick, but he is throwing 130 out of 169 for 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns, and one interception. Now, overall, these this is an offensive matchup really between the two of them. I mean, can Shadir Sanders outplay Caleb Williams? This is Caleb Williams, I think, first 
big-time matchup. He's played Stanford, Nevada, and San Jose State. So this is his first big-time matchup of the season right here. We're going to see exactly what Caleb Williams is going to do against the big-time opponents. And I'm excited. I'm excited for this game. I I'm I want to roll with Buffaloes. Love Buffaloes. Love Deion Sanders. And I don't think Deion Sanders will lose again like that. However, Caleb Williams is the Heisman Trophy winner. Lincoln Riley is that coach. You know, we know how talented Lincoln Riley is on offense as an offensive mind scheme. Baker Mayfield and then went to the playoffs. Kyler Murray and Oklahoma went to the playoffs. Jalen Hurts and then made it there. So to see this competitive matchup, we're going to see Caleb Williams really on the biggest stage right here against Deion Sanders and his skilled, skilled, skilled players. I mean, these guys are really skilled. These corners, DBs, I mean, and their safeties, I mean, they're just really, really good. And we'll see if Shadir Sanders can put on a a heck of a performance. Personally, going over, the logical sense is everybody picked USC because USC, Lincoln, Riley, Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy winner, we know what they're made of. But I I would go with... Deion Sanders in prime time. I don't think USC is big on the defense and offensive line. I think that they're going to fix those mistakes. Colorado, this is a home game for them. I'm going with the Buffaloes. I'll stick with the Buffaloes. I'm riding with Deion Sanders. I'm going to the entire season, just what I've seen. So go Deion Sanders and go Buffaloes. I got two more, actually. We're going to cover these real quick because we got to get into the NFL. LSU and Ole Miss. Going with Jaden Daniels, I know Ole Miss has a very talented offense, and Lane Kiffin is always putting out one heck of an offense, but I'm going with Jaden Daniels. I like this LSU team. Ever since they lost to Florida State, they've been on a tear, and I'm going to keep riding with LSU all the way through the season until they play Alabama, which I think they will lose to. But in this game, I'm going LSU. And the last big-time game of the week is Duke and Notre Dame. Now on WPKM 96.3, the countdown, Hunter did pick Duke to win this game. Duke has been a surprise team this year. They are 4-0. Riley Leonard and these guys, they've been playing well. Obviously starting out the season beating number 9 Clemson. Then they played Lafayette, beating them 42-7. They go on to play Northwestern on September 16th, beat them 38-14. And they played UConn last weekend, beating them 41-7. This is their second big-time matchup right now. They've got a lot of big-time matchups this season. They have a lot of competitive games. they still got to play North Carolina. they still got to play Florida State. This would be a big-time win for Duke. However, I'm going to be rolling with Sam Hartman. I don't see Sam Hartman losing this weekend after the devastating loss to Ohio State last weekend. Sam Hartman's going to put on a tear. I know Duke has got a pretty competitive defense. Still, give me Notre Dame and the Fighting Irish all day long. I like what Sam Hartman brings to the table. I'll take it all day long. So those are our big-time matchups for college football, man. That is some special matchups. Going into the NFL now, we talked last week. We talked about some big-time games. Uh, We're going to talk about some games that we talked about. Uh, Dolphins and Broncos. The Dolphins 70-20 to over the Broncos. Tua and these guys are unbelievable. One of the most unbelievable offenses in all of football. And they're so exciting to watch. You know, they did it all without Jalen Waddle. They bring in a bunch of guys that nobody's ever heard of, and they just ball, man. This team just balls. So good for the Miami Dolphins. Then we have the Detroit Lions play the Atlanta Falcons. I thought it'd be a more competitive game. I thought Atlanta put up some more points, but Jared Goff had to prove everybody that losing to Seattle was a fluke. They should have won that football game. So home game, Jared Goff and Detroit always plays really, really well. So 
Uh, happy to see them win and go Lions, Kings in the North. Keep going, man. Keep rolling. C.J. Stroud played Trevor Lawrence this past weekend and talk about a player right now. C.J. Stroud, 20-30 for 280 yards and two touchdowns. This guy's balling. Everything went wrong for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They couldn't get anything right. I mean, fumbles, turnovers, three and outs, just things they couldn't get right. Disappointing home loss, but good for C.J. Stroud. This Houston Texans team's a young team, and they're on the uprise, and I'm happy to see it. We're going to see what they can do in the future, man. That's what we're looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the C.J. Stroud era. Love to see an Ohio State quarterback really, really, really succeed. The Chargers and Vikings, we talked about this game. We knew it was going to be no defensive matchup, and of course it wasn't. It was a prime-time offensive game now. The quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, 40 of 47 for 405 yards and three touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, 32 of 50 for 367 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Going to the top receivers, got your boy Jay Jetta, seven receptions, 149 yards, and one touchdown. What about Keenan Allen, though? Keenan Allen's making his making the NFL world get on notice that he is back. We haven't seen Keenan Allen, primetime Keenan Allen, just for a little while because of his injury. 18 receptions, 215, 215 yards last weekend. This guy was balling. LA gets the win 28-24. I think losing Dalvin Cook really for the Minnesota Vikings is more hurtful than anything. I think the running game being depleted and not having much. I mean, I like Madison, and I know he had 20 carries for 93 yards. But, I mean, against a team with no defense, and by the way, he can't catch the ball as well outside the pocket he's not much of a catcher so it it doesn't really help them at all but Minnesota has such good offense just a terrible defense and that's what's happening to them this week this year that's why they're 0-3 right now Chargers needed the win have had two disappointing losses in week one and two so to get this win is exactly what they needed and they exploded in Minnesota Bears and Chiefs we kind of highlighted a little bit on yesterday's show about the Bears and the Chiefs. I'm disappointed in the Bears. Don't really want to talk about them. Kind of make me sick to my stomach because how good Ryan Poles put this team together and how terrible they really are. I mean, they are horrible, so I'm not impressed exactly what I'm seeing from the Bears. Justin Fields, 11-22, 99 yards, one touchdown and one interception. He had the most rushing yards. DJ Moore had three receptions, 41 yards and one touchdown. I'm just not happy with the Bears at all. Kansas City, obviously, I thought they would win the game, but the Bears are just a disappointing team. I'm not too sure if they're going to win. I'm disgusted by how this team is playing. They should be a lot better than what they are. Somebody needs to figure out something because this is not supposed to be how it's supposed It's not supposed to be this way for the Chicago Bears this season. They were 3-14 and last season. They were god-awful, and they're going to be god-awful this season if they don't find a way to win. The Bears should win six to seven games this year overall. They really should. They should be that good. They should have an improvement season. They should go from three wins to seven wins this year, and then seven wins to ten wins the following year. And that's what we're looking for for the Chicago Bears. I thought Ryan Poles made the right moves, and of course he did. This Bears team can't figure it out. They're a disappointment overall, and they're just not fun to watch. They're not fun to watch. They're not exciting to talk about. There's nothing special about the Chicago Bears at the moment. And I don't want to get any more in this conversation, so let's just move on. We're going to talk about week four. We're going to talk about uh, week four. Here we go, man. NFL football, Lions and Packers. 
you know, start us off. The Packers' offensive line is horrible, by the way. They're not very good. Caused Jordan Love a lot of problems in the first half of that football game. They started getting some offense going in the second half, but it wasn't enough, and it was finally just too late. Jared Goff coming into Lambeau Field, one of the hardest places to play in the entire nation, and to ball like he did and play well look is impre- is really nice to see. You know, Jared Goff is, keeps just proving everybody wrong. David Montgomery, 32 carries, 121 yards, and three touchdowns. He's balling, man. I mean, this team is balling. They're rolling. Kings of the North keep on going, 3-1. and one. So here we go, man. That was good for Detroit. Good win on Thursday night football. Great primetime game. I actually love the setup for that game. Uh, we'll run through just as fast as I can get through it for you guys so we can get out of here and watch some college football. Anyway, uh, let's roll through it. Steelers and Texans, 1 o'clock. Steelers, uh, Texans I like, but Steelers, their defense is just better. International Series with 9.30 a.m. game on ESPN Plus on Sunday, Falcons and Jags. Give me the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Jags are in a slump, and the Atlanta Falcons are going to have a bounce bounce back from week two against, or from week three against the Lions. So give me the Atlanta Falcons. Dolphins and Bills, it's a primetime matchup. Uh, everybody's thinking, you know, because Josh Allen is home, they're going to win this game. Give me Tua, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle all day long. I don't care what defense they're playing against. That Nobody is stopping Tyreek Hill. Nobody is stopping this team from scoring the football. I mean, they are just that good. So give me the Dolphins all day long. Broncos and Bears. Um, this is There are two games this weekend we are going to talk about potentially the, that we that could have the first round pick next year. We're already in week four, and we're already talking about that. Broncos and Bears, give me Sean Payton. Man, it's time for Russell Wilson to win get a win, and I think it's the perfect team for him to start out his winning, you know, getting a win this year. The Bears' defense is an atrocity. Obviously, we just talked about it. Russell Wilson's been playing good ball now. He's still throwing 300, over 300 yards per game, and we'll see what they can do this weekend, but give me the Broncos in Chicago taking a win. Ravens and Browns, an AFC North matchup, always competitive matchup. Uh, Browns, Deshaun Watson played great last weekend, 27-3 against Tennessee Titans. Lamar Jackson, really we talked about it on the show this week. He got screwed last week against the Indianapolis Colts. There should have been some calls that should have been made. It was clear as day that they should have been called. Uh, I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens. Give me Lamar Jackson. I like Deshaun Watson. Still think he needs a little bit more time to adjust, but give me the Baltimore Ravens. They're they're looking to win. I'm going to the Carolina Panthers and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh I'm not exactly sure if Bryce Young is back yet. I think Bryce Young is back. Carolina is actually pretty talented. they got a good team and roster overall, good defense. I think if they had some faster receivers, they'd be a better team. Give me the Minnesota Vikings, though. Their offense is just unstoppable, really. They can score whenever they want to. They defensively are not very good. Not expecting much of a defensive game here. And I know the Panthers have somewhat of a defense, but I think... The Vikings are going to get the win here. Then you really need the win here. Rams and Colts, give me the Rams all day. Matt Stafford and them almost beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals on Monday Night Football. So just give me the Rams against the Colts. Bucks versus Saints. Not sure of the status on Derek Carr. Uh, maybe he might play. He's questionable. I'm not too sure. Eagles embarrassed Baker Mayfield and Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. I just bullied him around. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even though I like the Saints defense. And I like this Saints team. But, you know, with a questionable Derek Carr 
I'm looking at Baker Mayfield and saying, hey, he can go out here and get this win against his team. Eagles and Commanders, I like the rise of the Commanders. I really do. I think they're on the rise. Sam Howell, Terry McLaurin, Dotson, all these guys are really, really talented. This defense is really good, but give me Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. This offensive line in Philadelphia is absolutely insane, so I'm going to take the Eagles all day long until they play a really, really, really good defensive line in which the commanders are on the uprise and do have a good defensive line, but I'm still going to take the Eagles, just a really talented roster overall. Bengals and Titans always kind of like a rivalry matchup here. It's always a battle every single year between these two teams. I like that Joe Burrow started moving the ball last week and finally you know, getting it down the field a little bit. Derrick Henry was non-existent in his game last week. This is going to be really interesting. We're going to see what's going to happen. I'm going to go Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I think, you know, they're on their way up. We're going to see what they can do. And Joe Burrow is working on that calf injury, but I'm always going to roll with the Bengals at the end of the day because of how talented they are offensively on the field. Uh, Tennessee, their offensive line is not very good, so I expect them to have a better rushing week, but I don't expect them to win this game. Raiders and Chargers, Jimmy Garoppolo, has been throwing picks like crazy. Devontae Adams is still that guy. Max Crosby is still showing everybody that he's a beast. He's one of the most underrated de- defensive ends in all of football, by the way. Nobody talks about Max Crosby and how impactful on a game he really is. But give me the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert. This offense, this is really what it is anymore. If you have somewhat of a defense, you might be able to win some games. But offensively, you got to have an explosive offense. The Raiders' defense is horrible, so I'm going to pick the Los Angeles Chargers. The Dallas Cowboys versus the Patriots. How about them Cowboys, man? Um, Three offensive line guys are out this week, which means most of their running game for the Dallas Cowboys isn't going to be that great. Tony Pollard's going to have a rough week. We're going to have to rely on Dak Prescott to really fling that football to Debo Samuels and Brandon Cooks and Jake Ferguson, who I like, by the way. That's a pickup. I didn't think they got better after losing Dalton Schultz, but to get Jake Ferguson, Dak Prescott is right. The guy is actually pretty good, so impressed what I see with them. Patriots, Mac Jones, man, we got to see better out of these guys. I really do. You know, I expected a good year out of the Patriots. Not a winning year, not to be top of the AFC East, but a better year, and I don't know, man. I don't know. I need to see if the Patriots' defense is going to show up. That's the biggest question mark. Are they going to take advantage of the fact that the Cowboys are missing three of their best offensive linemen? So we'll see what they could do overall. If I had to pick a winner, I'd probably roll with the Pats here. That's not being me. I know how talented the Cowboys' defense is, and I know how talented the Cowboys are overall. But just like normal, you know, I picked the Cowboys to obliterate the Cardinals last week, and they could they, they couldn't get anything right. I mean, the the Cowboys were horrible last week, and Joshua Dobbs got a win in the Arizona Cardinals over the Dallas Cowboys. So you know what that tells me? Anything is possible against the Dallas Cowboys. They're their own worst enemy. They screw up more than anything. So that's what I'm looking at for in that game. Give me the New England Patriots, Cardinals and Forty Niners. I know I just talked to. High and mighty about the Cardinals beating the Cowboys. They're not beating the 49ers. There's nobody outside the Miami Dolphins right now that I think can beat the 49ers. Give me the 49ers all day long. Our Sunday night football game is Chiefs and Jets. Now with Aaron Rodgers, this is going to be an interesting game. However, Zach Wilson is not that great. The offensive line is an atrocity. They have no run game. 
They can't get the ball out of the pocket. They're not helping Zach. They're not even helping Zach or drawing plays for him to get the ball out of the pocket. Kansas City's defense is playing top five right now, and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are those guys. One report we got this week was how disappointed the defense for the New York Jets is in Zach Wilson, which is the truth. I mean, they believe that if you took Ryan Tannehill and you put him in, if you took like a Ryan Tannehill and you put him in New York, I'm telling you they're a lot happier. Listen, they were cheering on Mike White for that team last year, and they believed in Mike White. So obviously this team has no you know, no belief in Zach Wilson whatsoever, so give me Kansas City and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Our Monday night game is Seahawks and Giants. The Giants are not fun to watch on prime time. The Giants are not fun to watch at all. This team is an atrocity. I feel terrible for Brian Dable. They paid a quarterback way too much money. They don't have a running back. They don't have many receivers. They got Darren Waller, but they don't use him right. Their defense, they have a good defense, but they can't stop. When they try to stop somebody, you know, they go out there, they stop them, and the offense can't do nothing. So they go right back out there and they get worn out. Uh, Seattle has an explosive offense, not the greatest defense in the world, but Geno Smith, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I wish they'd use Jackson Smith and Jake Bell a little bit more. Kenny Walker out of the backfield. Give me the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. It's been great talking to you at all, and I'm, ho- I'm excited for these games this weekend. I know I, I talked a little bit fast in the show. and We kind of went through it a little bit fast. But we do want to watch some college football. That is the most exciting part. Matt DeLong will be back on this show in the next coming weeks. So excited to have you back, man. He's been busy right now. He's going through some, st- he's going through some stuff, taking care of some business. But he's excited to get back on this show. He can't wait to be back. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll be back on here next week. I'll see you guys later. Take on the world.